Hey, Peaches. Hi, Peaches. Welcome back for another episode of Let's Talk Peaches, the podcast. So happy to have you here. I'm just like super excited about this week's guest. Yes. You couldn't tell. If you couldn't tell. Super we, excited. We're talking about Pride this week with Britt Barron, a.k.a. Beans. A.k.a. Beans. And we're going to call her Beans because she, she gave us permission to call her Beans in the episode. You'll yeah, hear it. Only her like really, really close friend can call her Beans. So we're we're just telling ourselves that. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, it, we're right in the thick of Pride right now. It's the, at the, the, the live date of this episode is June 14th. And Pride is just such an amazing month. It's amazing time. Yes. Um, hope you guys are getting your, your Pride on. Yeah, and celebrate. In whatever way feels right to you. Yeah. And we talk about, you know what pride is, what it means. We talk about what's the best way to celebrate pride right. a little bit in the episode. Yeah. Um, Beans has just an, a, an incredible story. She yeah. she has written a book called Worth It. Definitely She's, check that out. Mm-hmm. We we uh, we listened to the audiobook. Such such an amazing experience. Yeah. Um, she's a fan of Brene Brown as well. Mm. Oh my God. I can't yeah. believe I just blanked on Brene Brown's name for a moment. <laughs> I've never, oh have, God, never, turn never, in your books. have I never and never again will I. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so she, Beans is just an amazing, an amazing individual. She has an amazing story. Yeah. And she has her, an amazing story that she um, talks a little bit about. She definitely goes into de- detail about it in her book. Yeah. Her and her wife, Sammy, have just the most amazing relationship they seem so cool they really just seem so cool yeah. like i want to be them and when, when we I say grow up. they have an amazing from what, from what we can we don't you know what, what we can know <laughs> i'm just i don't want to i don't want to seem creepy <laughs> well they just it looks like they have just the cutest relationship yeah. and they're both just boss ass peach babes yeah have amazing lives amazing careers and fully accept who they are they went through this you know this experience they, together. And they really kind of went through it together, mm-hmm. separately, but also together. Mm-hmm. So it's very. it was very interesting to learn about their journey through her book. And it, she ha- has done TED Talks, and she's done speaking. She has courses, all of these amazing things. She does a really great job speaking about perspective and uh, race and equality and pride and all mm-hmm. of these amazing things. So we are super fortunate to have her here today, and we're super excited to share this conversation that we had with her with you. We (laughs) hope that, you know, we like to talk a little bit about what you'll get out of this episode. And with this, I just, we talk about perspective. We Mm -hmm. talk about openly loving yourself Mm -hmm. and accepting yourself Mm -hmm. and what it's like when it's hard to, Mm -hmm. right? So all of these things will be brought up in the episode. Be brought up, but like it's like, A, maybe something will resonate with you. Maybe you're battling some things that you're not willing to accept or put into the world yet, um, which I think so many people fall into that category. Maybe you're battling with accepting someone else's yeah. truth. Mm-hmm. All of these things. All of these things. And at the end of the day, I think when we achieve full acceptance of ourselves and others is when we can really live our utmost so like best life best life yeah and that's part of the mission of this podcast is you know looking for self-discovery looking to be the best human beings that we can be looking to be the best boss babes we can be entrepreneurs we can be like all of these things and that's all tied to a lot of that starts from within yep awareness discovery acceptance all of these things Mm -hmm. that we'll talk about yeah so yeah Totes. Yeah, so we'll just uh, we'll just we'll just queue up right that in. episode. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll just queue up the episode. VRV peaches. All right, peaches. We have Britt here with us. Hi, Britt. 
Hi. We listened we listened to your book. We did the audible version. And my question is, can we call you Beans? Oh my gosh, yes. I actually <laughs> you know, it's like I kind of prefer it. Like it feels like my name, Brit, kind of feels like a nickname. Yeah. That okay. like I have to use like for like a job or something. You right. know? Right. I right. like it. And it's actually <laughs> it's actually my name. Yeah, but, uh, <laughs> pretty much everyone calls me Beans. I love it. So uh, our dad used to call, I think, you more Beans, like Cocoa Beans. Cocoa Beans. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know Nicole. why. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah. So Cocoa Beans. Yeah. We feel slightly connected. <laughs> I can't tell you how excited we are. Like I said, we read your book. We, we, listened, we listened to your we book. We listened to your book. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> it's so, so good. We're really excited to talk about all things pride today for our listeners we're talking about pride but to be honest it's more just like you've lived such an amazing so far like an amazing life you've been super vulnerable and honest and brave with sharing your story which I know has been it it would be useful for any single person out there that's like dealing with anything darker or feeling like they can't be themselves or like which I think you know so many of us have. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't care if you're a part of the LGBTQIA plus community or not. In your book, you talk about your fake self, like revealing your true self is like all of this stuff. So I'm all about it. You also reference Brene Brown more than once yeah. in your book. As we all should. <laughs> As we all should. So like, I'm a huge fan girl, and I'm so excited for today. <laughs> Wow, I'm excited. I, (laughs) you know, I will say, like, not that this is, you know, I don't know if your listeners care about this at all, but y'all have the most beautiful deck. Like, literally, like, that's the most beautiful way I've ever been even asked to do a podcast. I was like, absolutely. I don't even need to. I before I finish reading, it's a yes. Like that was stunning. So y'all are amazing. And no, gifted. my goodness, thank you. We strive for creative excellence. Yeah, that's our. Yes. We're like so we're both kind of creatives. I do. We both do like visual art stuff. Nicole's a graphic designer, so that's mostly her. But we were like, how do we get people? Especially when we were like, when we, we had first zero episodes sure. published. We're like, how do we get actual credible to cool little, guests? Little us. come on to our <laughs> our five follower no episode podcast we make a no, bitchin' yeah. deck it was a, it was amazing i was like i showed my wife's a creative mm-hmm. yeah and i was like babe look at this podcast ask and she was like what and i was like yeah i know they're amazing so <laughs> i'm excited oh, i've never felt more val- validated, more validated in our entire <laughs> in creative entire careers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Before we dive into the topic, we like to ask our guests, "What's up, Peach? A little gut check. How's the day going? How's the week going? Yeah, how are you feeling?" Mm-hmm. I'm feeling good. So we actually just went on our first vaccinated vacation. Yeah, vaccination. I guess it's the, called. Vac- I don't know. Oh, we'll okay. Point it. Yeah. Yeah, you heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> And so it's amazing, but we both came back feeling like a little under the weather. And so... Where'd you go? Today was my first day. We went to Mexico City. Ooh, nice. Which is like our favorite place. And so today was my first day back on my, like, back at the gym. Back on the grind. Making, you know what I mean? Kind of back in the the zone. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, And it felt really good, so... 
So I'm feeling that's feeling pretty good. Amazing. I feel like that's when you know you had just the right amount of vacation is when you get back and it feels good to be back. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yes. Yes. I also think you know that you're like living your best life because you're happy to be back in your normal life. You know yeah. what I mean? And so yes. it's sad to be back in your normal life because I think that happens. <laughs> Absolutely. So. No, truly. It felt like, oh, yay, back at the coffee shop I love and like, mm-hmm. you know, a little routine. Walking my dog. Yes. That makes me so excited for hopefully the next couple of months where I feel like we're really about to sort of vaccination all day. Is there not COVID? I feel like we're all in that just like it is. It's a wild (laughs) like it felt so wild to like be out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. With you. With you hundred percent. I was like, mm-hmm, I'm yeah. excited, right? Like I like wasn't yeah. sure. <laughs> yeah. This is this is okay. I went into right? the, Oh my god. I went into a Dunkin' Donuts this past weekend and I swear to like fifty percent of the people in there were not wearing masks and I was like, wait, I mean like I know it's okay. It's fine. Yeah. But like But it if this is so odd. It, it feels like I feel like we're I literally this morning, no joke, like in therapy, I told my therapist, I was like it feels like we should all have some kind of collective moment. I know we're not going to, but like, I kind of want mm-hmm. someone to like call an all school assembly. Yes. Where the speakers come and they make us some kind of commemorative moment to like move on. Yeah. I yeah. totally agree. I mean, there was every single day there was a school assembly every single day on the news when yeah. it first started. Yeah. If totally. You know, conferences all day, every day, every single day. And now it's just like, go ahead. Be- oh, yeah. Go ahead. No, sure, no, no masks. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. If you're vaccinated, go. Run around. Meanwhile, everyone's been like <laughs> fighting with their family on Facebook about where yeah. <laughs> and we're just done. I don't know. Yeah. And now it's just like now we just Yeah. Just like wet. before I left for vacation, we had to wear masks at my gym. And when I came back this morning, they're like, Hey, no more masks. And I was like, I feel naked. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's weird. It's a weird time. I know. Yeah, I, feel... I haven't I have yet to go yeah. into like an, a public store without a mask. Yeah. I just can't. I'm not ready. I'm not emotionally, mentally ready yet. I'll get yeah. there, maybe. It's a security mask at this point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now that you put it that way. <laughs> yeah. Weird times we're living in, but we're like, yeah, we're making we're doing it through. It. It's going to be fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but as Lynn said, unbelievably excited. Yeah. That you're on the podcast. We're so we were so jazzed when you came and you said when you when you emailed back and said you're you were game. As we're recording, it's it's like the day, second day, day of Pride. Yes. We're and it right in here. It's such an amazing thing to celebrate. And I was wondering if we could get your personal definition of like, what is Pride? Good question. You know, I feel like, okay, well, there's, I feel like my, my, I have a personal definition of Pride that's influenced by sort of the bigger movement of Pride, right? That mm-hmm. you have this this historic like sort of why we celebrate in June you have you know the Stonewall Mm -hmm. riots and you have all of these activists and and pride started as this this activist movement right for for rights and for life and you know liberty and all of those things that you know were promised and so that you have that foundation of pride and I feel like that feeds into my personal definition of pride which I would just say it's true to the word feeling proud and 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 getting to celebrate and live into who you are right it's it's i feel like pride is is freedom it's saying yes this is this is my life this is 
who I am. This is how I love. This is how I live. These are ways I like to dress. This is, you know, expressions I like to have. And, and it's, it's just giving that, that freedom its own moment and a spotlight. And I, I couldn't love it more. I'd like to take a step back just a smidge. And for our listeners, for anyone that doesn't know you or hasn't heard of you yet, would you mind kind of giving a brief summary <laughs> of of your journey, mm-hmm. which is pretty amazing? Yeah. So 1986 <laughs> in Southern California. No. So, I mean, uh, long story short, I am a person who, like a lot of people, I think in the 90s, but I grew up very religious, specifically within the evangelical church. My dad was in ministry and so I just, I grew up in that bubble. And the wild thing I always think about is in the nineties is when like, you could almost live a life within a life in the church, Christian bookstores, Christian summer camp, Christian, there was a Christian bowling alley, like <laughs> in like, like what, why, mm-hmm. why do we need a bowling alley? But, all right, like, go off, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I grew up very religious and I went to a Christian college And then I ended up going to grad school at the Christian college, working at a different Christian college. And then at 26, I became a pastor at a mega church, which was the pinnacle of life as a, as a church kid who grew up. And I was like, oh my gosh, I made it so early, right? I'm so much ahead of me in this career. (laughs) But getting to that point, you know, a big part of growing up specifically evangelical was this disassociation and this disembodiment, right? Because we were taught that like who we are, humans, bodies are bad. What your body wants, what your flesh wants is bad. And so I don't necessarily have the story where I knew I was gay very young and kept it down because I was so disconnected from my own body. Like I did not even know that about my own sexuality, mm-hmm. right? And and there weren't, you know, I always joke, I'm like, it was the best place to be closeted in the sense that every time I said, oh, I'm not really tempted sexually by boys, people were like, good for you. And I was yeah. like, oh, <laughs> yeah, that's a good normal oh, thing, I guess. On my yeah. back. Oh, wow. Yeah. It like, am I questioned? It was always yes, rewarded or exactly, celebrated. Where I'm like, I feel like not in the church context, me having such a disinterest might have like, Constantly like, oh, but questions. do you, you know. Mm-hmm. Cry when your best friend gets a boyfriend? <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> let's ex- look at that let's further. Expo- let's explore that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I sort of like got this aloof, you know, identity. And then when I went to, to work at that church and start my career in a ministry, quote unquote, that's when I met Sammy, who is now my wife. And meeting her, I always say she is the mirror that I needed to truly see myself. Like mm. meeting her... And all of her like beauty and whimsy and and joy, like her life, her presence, her existence, opened something up in me, and I was like, "What is this feeling?" It felt, you know, like I was like, "Oh my gosh, do I have a crush on this? Am I falling in love?" I'm experiencing that for the first time, while at the same time managing the reality of if this is true about me, then everything I have worked to up until now will will be no more. There's no more Christian college. There's no more speaking at Christian camps. There's no more being a pastor at this mega church. There's no more of this life journey. And so, yeah, I wrestled for a long time between what do I choose? Do I choose the most purest experience of myself that I've ever had? Or do I choose the life that I thought I wanted? And that was hard because in that life were people who were going to be disappointed. There were all these things. So, yeah, you know more of that but 
yeah. Long to skip to the end. Uh, ended up <laughs> choosing the girl, obviously, and <laughs> and myself, right in that, and and now living into this this reality of, you know, I think why pride means so much to me, right? Because every single day, I feel like. I get to celebrate my freedom. Every single morning I wake up and I see her face. Every time I'm reminded like, oh my gosh, this life we're living, we get to do it together. I remember when I thought I couldn't have this and it just makes every moment feel so special. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Something I've been asked before is why do they need to celebrate? Why does it need a whole month? Why is pride a thing? And I think your, your journey and, you know, your book perfectly sort of just answers that question of and I can't remember if this was said in an interview or if this was part of uh, the, the, book. the book that your friend had said that you coming out and fully accepting yourself and living your true life cost you. Yeah. And that, I think, is just like why there it's it's yeah. important and there's a reason to celebrate pride and the LGBTQ plus community. I'm like. Sorry. No, that, that's pretty much it. Yeah. And I think y- what you said a little bit earlier in, our, in just now was you, we put a spotlight on it. We just highlight it for a, mo- for a moment of the year just to acknowledge, acknowledge. I mean, really, I feel as though we haven't really been as accepting. Like, and we still have a long way to go. But I think we haven't been as accepting up until like maybe the last 20 years. There's been more of a movement. There's been more inclusivity. It's truly become a little bit more inclusive but really that's not that long and even you as a younger at 26 Mm -hmm. felt like you couldn't come out of that and that I mean that's it just goes to show that we're still dealing with a lot and it's okay to shine 30 I don't know how many days from June 30 31 days to like shine a little spotlight on the beauty of being who you are being who yeah living living your truth being who you are and maybe that will help someone who's struggling to own themselves, to live their truth. So maybe your squad, if you will, doesn't support you and won't support you, but like look at all of these people that would yeah. like support you. So I think that's powerful to like see that and to highlight that just for, to have, for it to have its moment. So Yeah, no, I, I think it's so important. And, you know, the reality is, one, I'm really excited to see what Gen Z does in the yeah. world. Um, cause mm-hmm. they, you know, they already feel so ahead of the game on a lot so of things. So much cooler than, I know. than all yeah. of us. I'm yeah. like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, is this right? what it's like to grow up with the internet? Um, but I'm really excited. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Not like playing Oregon Trail. <laughs> um, but I think I, you know, whenever there is not representation in the loudest narratives in the majority narratives like there's going to be repercussions to that right like uh, one thing I say all the time is the minute and I say this talking about a lot talking about race but it applies everywhere like the minute you begin to other someone the last domino to fall is violence right and so the the moment you you do that and specifically with with the LGBTQ plus community and in the LGBTQ Q plus the youth, specifically trans youth, the suicide rate is astronomical. The violence against them is also horrible. And we see those numbers go drastically down when they have at least one accepting adult in their life, or if someone's going to use their pronouns, or even seeing themselves represented. And so it's not 
just completely self-indulgent, right? It's it's not like, oh, there's so much queer representation all the time in another month, right? Oh, we see black, it's all the time in Black History Month too. Like, you know, these things are important because there's a majority narrative that has left out these stories. And like you said, you 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 have a lot of people who are coming out and their crew around them is not, you know, celebrating that or, or representing that. And it's a struggle. It's costing them. They're losing. Like, so, you know, if you want to put some glitter on and hit the streets, like do it, you know? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I'm also, how much fun is it? Like pride is so much fun. Pride it's is an all inclusive sp- space. Do you really want that to, I don't know, some people, like, do you really want that to go away? Yeah. Like, it's just a fun time for you to be who you are, for you to explore, like, a little a little window to explore yourself. Yeah. I just, like I said, that's kind of, yeah. like, a side a side note. But. Which, <laughs> another side note on that side note, fun fact, like, you don't have to be queer to celebrate pride. Yeah. Absolutely. Know? And that's, like, the yeah. best, part of the best thing about it, you know? Like, my straight friends mm-hmm. come through, like, all pride, you know? Yeah. And it's a blast. Totally. I remember my first, like, because we grew up in Connecticut, which we did drama. A lot of our friends are... We were we were theater nerds, yeah, choir nerds. Nice. And I, <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And my first... I was doing an internship in the city, and I was at a, at a video shoot. And through the windows of this restaurant we were shooting in, the Pride Parade that went, that went through Union Square, was, like, going through. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> You're like, like, face to the... What is this? I, I want to like, be what up there. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> Everyone's so happy and colorful. <laughs> I want to be a part of that. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, but I was working. Yeah. But I was working. But afterwards, my yeah. friends and I. <laughs> uh, I mean, the LGBTQ plus community has been a huge part of my life. Like a lot of our friends and some of family members are in that community. And it, it wasn't until I don't even like know. It wasn't until... You know, you you grow up and you don't see that as ab- like I don't know. It didn't never seemed abnormal mm-hmm. until like you get out into the real world and you become an adult and you're like, oh, and then you start to of, see there's that all there's... of these other opinions. Apparently, what? And it was very interesting. It's like a special place in my heart to have sort of grown up and been there for and been a part of all of our friends' journeys. A lot of our friends weren't out when we first met them, and we kind of all mm-hmm. went on that journey I felt like I went on that journey with them in some some respects and I know that this is something that your friend talks about or you had said that someone came out to you and it's just like yeah I feel so privileged that you were you felt safe enough to tell me and share that part of your life with me I don't know I think it's just a beautiful thing for like people to accept themselves and like to be accepted Mm -hmm. it's a nice moment I I agree one thing that I would love to talk about that I love that you do in your book is you talk about mistakes that you made, things that you said to people that you're like, oof, I wish I didn't, ah, that could have, I could have said that differently. Or like, I wish I didn't say that when I was, and now I know, now that I'm grown up, I have a a new perspective on life and a new perspective on like what, what that really meant when I said it. Mm -hmm. I really respected that you went there and that it's okay to grow out of things and it's okay to acknowledge that what you said wasn't right. Because I know that I've definitely with with all sorts of things, to be honest, more than just LGBTQ and queer things. So like just growing up, we grew up in a more conservative household. Not that this is an excuse. It's just the perspective I was raised with, I would say. I was raised with a, a certain perspective. 
And then I grew up and I have new perspectives, created my own morals, if you will. And it's okay to kind of acknowledge that you're a new version of yourself and you can move about differently and like whether or not you want to apologize or whatever, like it's all your own journey. But I really respected that you felt comfortable calling out the mistakes that you made and saying, I said this, but I really wish I didn't. And it's wrong because of this. And this person and I are still friends and all of this stuff. I just thought that was really, I don't know, powerful and strong and brave even of you to like put that in there. And I think a lot of people would probably, I know a lot of people have benefited from that, but I'd love for you to talk a little bit about that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, and I put that like early on in the book, it's like Mm -hmm. the, you know, the first or second chapter, because one thing I, a friend and I always talk about is I'm like, no one is born woke. And so I am, I am so happy for the ways in which I have been invited to this journey of evolution and the ways I will continually be invited. But a lot of times that invitation comes through error. Mm, mm -hmm. Sometimes it comes by just like picking up a book or, you know, like stumbling into a conversation or a lecture or watching, you know, something. But a lot of times that invitation has come through error. And I feel like we are being so pushed towards black and white right now, towards polarization, towards, well, I'm evolved and you are a prehistoric dinosaur and therefore like I am inherently better. And so I'm not saying that people who say offensive things are off the hook or, or that they don't require accountability. But I do believe that the accountability that has been offered to me in my life has been the springboard for a lot of my evolution. And I, if I disconnect from that, and if I start to feel like, oh, I'm just up here, I'm just always up here, and I, and I know the right things to say, and I have made it, I have evolved, I have, you know what I mean? If I do that, if I lose that connection, then I think it takes away so much from the work that I want to do in the world, which is continually invite people to the same parties that I've been invited to. Listen, I had this hard conversation with a friend, but it got me here. So like, I'm going to jump into that same hard conversation with you. I am not going to be too good or too evolved because I, you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. Right? Totally. And so how do we do this work without polarizing ourselves? And I think the main way is to remember we used to be there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I regularly talk so much trash about the evangelical church. Like it's my job. It's my number one joke around the house. Like I can make a church joke standing on my head mm-hmm. and I just woke up and that'll still be the first thing that comes to my mind. Like mm-hmm. it's just, you know, mm-hmm. but I have to remember that it wasn't even a decade ago that I was standing on that stage preaching. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I have to stay connected to that. Right. And I have to know that and I have to own that. And I have to know that like, maybe five years from now, I will say things today that I'm going to look back and say, like, I wasn't fully formed. And if I can be that open, then I have to, I have to believe that people, anyone at any time can accept that invitation. Yeah. And if that's true, then my work looks different. Yeah. I, I was listening, of course, to uh, Brene Brown herself. And (laughs) in one of her podcasts where she, she says like, we should replace, or maybe, I don't think it was her. I think it was her guest at the time said that replacing the word woke with accountable. And that was like, Mm -hmm. I was like, wow. Of course, like, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
it's an amazing word flip. And I think that's 100% true. It's like, I'm just being accountable for my actions. I'm being accountable for the words that I say. I want to understand what how my words impact others, not just how I think they impact others. And I like I'm always in a constant state of hmm. I wonder what 38-year-old me will be saying about, because we're 26 now, 26-year-old mm-hmm. me, all of the crappy things that I'm, that all of the things <laughs> that, that I like now currently. have Because <laughs> yes. you are, you always have to be in a constant state of, I'm open, I'm, I'm open to hearing, I'm open to learning, I'm open to like hearing your experience and listening to your experience and yeah. being empathetic to that. Yeah. I say this all the time and I quoted him in my book and this quote all the time from James Baldwin, but it's so powerful to me because he says, I imagine the reason people cling so tightly to hate is because they fear once the hate is gone, they'll be forced to deal with pain. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and I, and I, I feel like I just, I want to always talk about how painful it can be to evolve it because you lived your life in a way like, you know, I, I can look back now and see how absolutely damaging purity culture is to young girls Mm -hmm. and and sure the intellectual part of me can just be like yeah that's wrong but the I have to deal with the pain of I was at church retreats propagating that message Mm -hmm. or like I treated people I didn't understand there are so many things right and and that's painful to think about I yeah I several years ago was working with someone I literally still think about this I was working with someone who was transitioning and fumbled and and misgendered them and like wrong pronouns like literally just saying that right now like I still feel like I could throw up like it like it hurts it's painful to evolve and to sit with that it's much easier to be like oh well I don't care do you know what I mean like yeah that's where that comes from in people because Mm -hmm. they don't want to deal with the pain of that hurts you know we were just watching a documentary about NASA, this NASA stuff, mm-hmm. about the Challenger and the main guy in charge of everything who made the call to send this, the rocket up on bad weather conditions. The risk is worth mm-hmm. possibly losing these people, like the risk factor. And decades later, he's sitting in front of the camera saying, like, I would have made the same choice. I would have made the, I, I didn't do anything wrong. We're like... That's a that's a defense mechanism. That's, that's <laughs> for you. sure. That's exactly. for sure. You, I just you just. Whereas, can't, like, he you, was the only one. He was the only one. And all everybody the other else was like who had a part in, in making, pain. Yeah, who had a part in making that decision? They're like, I played a small part that in making the decision that killed seven people, and you could just see, see it in the, see the pain. And this guy, he was, was just a I'm stone. Fine. Okay. I'm fine. And like, it was just I like the same choice. Lynn and I like, were like, that is some that is some psychological that shit is happening right there. Lo- right. <laughs> like that's it like that's you know what I mean that's Mm -hmm. you know obviously like the extreme version kind of but like that's what I feel like I see in so many people who are just like I'll say what I want to rationalize it you have to well, you it's don't have that or you shouldn't pain. say you have to, yeah. but yeah. like yeah, you sorry. shouldn't. But I think I <laughs> yeah. said it first. No, but like I, <laughs> it's like your brain. That's your brain. What your brain is saying. I have to rationalize this. I can't feel it because our brain is always like shortest route to happiness or like not pain or content or equilibrium. Exactly. And it's not always the best way to be. It's but, not always the best yeah. way to be. And then you go on towards the end of the book to talk about how without pain, there's no. There's no change. Uh-huh. And like you can't become you can't put up the resistance at soul cycle. Yes. <laughs> you know? You have to deal with the resistance and in you order have to, to deal with stronger. the pain in order to get stronger. 
Yeah. And it really is. That's Not like... to give away all the nuggets of the book. <laughs> but... Yeah, there's other good stuff in there, too. Yeah, yeah totally. <laughs> lots, lots of good stuff. So many good things. But it's just like, yeah, pain. pain is a part of change. Pain is a part of becoming a better version of yourself have a more self-aware more aware version of yourself it's not always something to be afraid of it's not always a bad thing yeah and also wild i was in therapy this morning and my (laughs) we have the same therapist (laughs) probably (laughs) but of course we're going through lots of traumas and not lots of traumas but we're going through some traumas and one thing that we were talking about or one thing that i was talking to him about (laughs) was I was like, I've kind of always known this, but I'm kind of emotionally just coming to terms with the fact that a lot of my traumas will always be with me. They will always pop up in certain ways, whether I'm triggered by this thing now or and that trigger lessens and then there will be a new trigger or like this trigger will always be around. Maybe it will lessen and maybe it will pop up again. I'm like starting to emotionally come to terms with the fact that that is going to be something that I'm going to have to deal with. And something that he said to me that at first I was like, well, that sucks. (laughs) I don't want to do that. But now that I've sat with it for a couple of hours, I'm like, okay, it's also a little powerful. I also have like an artist state of mind. So I'm, it's a little romantic to me. Mm-hmm. But he's like, we have to learn how to befriend the darkness that like we've lived through. And so, yeah. and at first I was like, I want to befriend that dark shit. I want it to go away. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, now that, like I said, now that I've had a few hours to sit with it, I'm like, it's a part of me. Am I perfect? No, and I'll never be perfect. Nobody else is. It will affect me. It will make me think differently. It will make me treat others with empathy. It will it, it will help me to see situations a bit more gray than black and white. And I am like yeah. happy for that. I'm happy that I'm able to have to look at the world through that lens. Yeah. Befriend the darkness, my friends. My wife always talks about trauma or things in her life as a spiral staircase. And she's like, I I keep revisiting it and I will always keep revisiting it these core things in my life but every time I do a loop around it's from a different angle Mm -hmm. and they're they're never going to go away but I'm they're there they're part of me and as I evolve and as I change I have a different vantage point and sometimes it's from here or here here but it's constantly evolving but it's not I'm not getting off the staircase Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know what I mean like it's (laughs) I'm going to be on it and and those things are going to be in my vantage point but it's going to be changing as I change, you know, yeah. which is always beautiful for me because I'm like, OK, yeah, there, OK, yes, <laughs> there you are again. And now we're here. You know, mm-hmm. what do you look mm-hmm. like from the left on the third floor? Yeah, um, I love that. Yeah, that's yeah. nice. Yeah. What would you have to say to someone who advice for someone who's struggling with their sexuality and struggling to come out? I think you had a very not not tip not typical is not the way that I'm looking the word I'm looking for but you were you know gay in like a very religious I think those two things are just mm-hmm. known to just really not mesh Butt heads and I can only I mean you talk about it in your book obviously but I can only imagine the fear are surrounded by coming out to your family and everybody yeah I you know what I would say to someone who is struggling with their sexuality is Maybe reframe that because maybe, no, you're not. You are potentially struggling to disappoint people mm. in your life, mm-hmm. to, to challenge the structures that you've surrounded yourself with or grown up in. You know, almost like you said earlier, you were like, it's not an excuse. It just was the framework I was given when I grew up, right? And that's so many people who are, because at the point at which you're like, quote unquote, struggling, right? It's It's more of, 
this is true, but I don't know if I want to let it be true. Right. And, and in that reality, you know, I, I would say we'll start questioning the other things and, and you have to place value on yourself. Is my value as a, is who I am is, is living into that. Is that, is that worth disrupting this narrative? Is that worth breaking out of this box? Is that worth these things? And, and, you know, there's no right way to come out. There's no right timeline. There's no, you've been in the closet for too long. There's, there's no rule book. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so wherever you are is, is okay. But I always encourage people challenge, not yourself, not your sexuality, not the thing that feels true to you. Challenge what's making that uncomfortable. Yes. Get in touch with that thing. Because if, you know, when you come out, there will be people. I mean, there's free mom hugs. There's pride parades. There's, <laughs> I mean, there's, there's, there's so whole many world waiting for you. <laughs> there's a whole world waiting for you. But you have to be ready and willing to even be open and accepting that love, which mm -hmm. means you have to arrive there first. And, mm -hmm. you know, that's, you know, I, I can say all that in 30 seconds, but that is hard Absolutely. work. And so therapy, 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 therapy. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Therapy, therapy, therapy. To share a little personal, what you just said kind of inspired me to share that I would say that I'm like on a... I don't know what the right word is like I'm on a journey of like discovering my sexuality if you will and right now I like to label it as pansexual but we'll see how it evolves in the future and but I as you say that when I was in college I remember like having thoughts and I was like no hmm. <laughs> I remember I remember being like interesting I don't really want to deal with that I don't want to do that I don't want that to be a part of me. But I, I was like, I don't want to deal with that because of me. But flipping it on, why don't I want to deal with that? I don't want to deal with that because I don't want to deal with telling people. I don't want to deal with the hard stuff that comes along with it. I remember we went and got our palms read by this lovely lady in New Newport. <laughs> and she was like, I may be totally off here. I don't want you to be offended or anything. But are you having, are you like having some curiosities like sexually? I was like. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> yeah, you got it. You got that? You got yeah, that came like, <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> and we talked about it for a minute, but I remember leaving that reading and I was, you were there, like I was a, kind of a mess because I was like, I don't really, I just like don't want to deal with it. I don't want to, I don't want to like have to do all of this stuff. I don't want it to be a big deal. But now that was a couple of years ago. And now I wouldn't say... I'm just kind of like, I'm like, I am who I am. I don't need to like be anything. As long as I'm living true to myself in my body and in my home and in my world, I feel good with that. And so yeah. like, I don't know, it's just, it doesn't have to be about everybody else. It can just be about me. And yeah. if there's if anyone that I meet that like I have a problem with, it's just like, is that really a person that like I need in my world? that mm -hmm. I want in my world and as hard as that is sometimes say and you have to be ready to accept the love but you also kind of have to be ready to like we don't know what it's going to cost us until we open that wall or open that open the floodgates on who we are and so that can be that can be equally as scary yeah no I mean I I get it right, <laughs> I, right. there's so many things too where I'm like when I look back so many of the things that I didn't want to be true about myself that I didn't want to whatever, right, like now have these very bright spots in my life. 
but because they they took a lot sort of getting through and it's it's always interesting to me looking back there's always divine people in our life be it a best friend a palm reader like <laughs> a, you know whatever that are able to see something even if we can't <laughs> y'all are on the east coast right yeah yeah okay so um when I was in grad school I randomly got this internship it was literally so weird because I'm like this Christian school kid but I got this four month internship at RISD Okay. Like the okay. art school. Okay. Which is like <laughs> yeah, super not Christian. Like, yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> We're like, oh my God, what a big deal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it was amazing. I literally was like, you know, I'm not like a an artist, but I like love, you know, mm-hmm. I'm like artist adjacent. Yeah. <laughs> but we, so I got there and I'm like, you know, da, 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 I'm, you know, coming to work here. But I had a group of students. And I had been there for like maybe a, uh, three days. And most of the students on my staff were queer. And and one of them were like, oh, you're a lesbian, right? And I was like, no. <laughs> and, and, and they were like, wait, what? And like, they were like shocked and I was shocked. And I just remember thinking, and it's such a weird, specific, defining moment where that night I was in my apartment and I was literally looking at myself in the mirror. I'm like, what would make them think I'm a lesbian? <laughs> like, and like what? Like, it was just like this weird, I think that was the beginning of the synapses firing in my brain. Uh, to like, the you mirror. know, they were, they Sometimes were in the back. Sometimes the mirror. Exactly. And, and it was just such a, such a blip, uh, like a, a funny blip on my journey that I'm like, like all six of them were like, "Well, you're a lesbian." And I was like, "What?" All six of them. <laughs> I love Jesus. <laughs> I love Jesus. <laughs> that was. I went to. I transferred to. I went to an art college. I went to Micah for the last two and a half years of my college career, and I feel as though it's. It would be a lovely place. Everyone should Everyone spend some should time. S- oh yeah, because there are so many different kinds of people i'd say everyone should spend a year in art school at art like, school even. oh absolutely it's just there's so many different kinds of people at micah but i think it's probably is can be said about a lot of art schools mm-hmm. but it's just you really become desensitized to whatever it's just it's just about the person it doesn't right. matter what they're wearing it doesn't matter how they identify we're both struggling over this coding assignment and we're in it together or we're both trying to build this sculpture out of you know spoons and it's just like we're all living this world as long as like we're just being nice and helping each other we're all students we're respectful yeah and mm-hmm. we grew up like i said we were surrounded by a lot of like lgbtq plus people uh, but then well, you, yeah like uh, wasn't I was gonna going say, very to... stereotypical like like on the suburban life yeah but going well. going to art school it really was just kind of like we took the staircase up so you spent like a year and a half at liberal arts school or two mm-hmm. years at liberal arts school mm-hmm. which was which was just like a little bit more freedom a little bit more perspective mm-hmm. and then you went to Micah and it was like everyone's oh. just themselves everyone's just yeah. like totally really like owning what they yeah. feel what makes them feel most them mental health is just like so like no you know not that it's normal but it's just people are people talk about it people more. talk about it they're not ashamed by it there's just like no shame mm-hmm. no shame and it's everyone's accepting place. so and it, you re- it really just just becomes about like is this a is this a good person sitting across from me like yeah and nothing else is important yeah really 
I think that too about RISD. Like I look back at that time, like all the time, because, you know, I had, I think six or eight students on my staff and I mean, some of them were queer, but that wasn't even the most unfamiliar thing. I mean, that, that was like the, yeah. that's basic stuff. Yeah, like, totally. Yeah. And, you know what I mean? They were like, basic stuff. Yeah, they, they, they pushed every boundary in the world, but I, I, I met some of the most delightful people in, you yeah. know, that I keep in contact with until this day. And I feel like we, you know, once you, once you open one door, then you can feel free to open the rest. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And so I feel like we have so much to learn from artists in that way, because that's essentially what you're doing when you're creating is you're saying, okay, yeah, well, I could, you know, paint this face, but what if it was blue? And also what if it was made out of hay? And also what if at the end of the show it burned? You know what I mean? Like <laughs> that's, it's like you're, you're already in the habit of saying, well, what if it was different? Yeah. Well, what if I could do this? Well, what if I could do that? And I think that's why artists have, have typically been a- ahead of the curve on, on inclusivity and, and, and on all of these things, because they're already saying it doesn't have to be this way. That mm-hmm. doesn't have to go in a frame. This doesn't have to be made out of wood. like, they're constantly pushing that boundary. I think it's, you know, we have endless things to learn from artists, but I, <laughs> I, I love that. Yeah, it was, I feel really lucky in the sense that I got, I got the, both the quote unquote, let's say normal, like liberal arts college experience. And I got the art school college experience because they're just totally different and they were both very valuable to me but yeah art school there's some family members that I think of that are can be can be jarred by seeing something that's out of their bracket of what's the norm and then I always say like you should just spend just one week you should have just spent one week with me at art school you would be totally (laughs) totally desensitized it really doesn't matter yeah but this is kind of making me think of another question to get your take on is sexuality is someone's sexuality important is it is it important um if it is and in what ways is it important yeah because personally as we're, we're talking I kind of feel like Yes and no. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so too. I think who you are, your your intersectional identities are as important as the environment you're in, I think. Mm-hmm. And as the they're as important as the experiences in your life. And so, you know, how important is my gender identity? It depends on where I am and, mm-hmm. and what's happening. You know, how important is my sexuality? I guess it depends. For me, if I if I had worked, if I had grown up in a super old whatever family open and I worked at a bank when I had met, you know, my wife, I don't know that it my sexuality would have been the thing that shook up so much of my life. If I could have maybe just rolled into it of like, oh, this, you know, uh, and, I, and I have a friend like that who was she came from a super progressive family. She was a dancer, came from like an artist family. And dated girls in high school, but then kind of like dated boys. When I met her, she had a long time boyfriend and then is like now engaged to this woman. And it, it, I wouldn't say she would identify her sexuality as like the, one of the most important things mm-hmm. because it, ha- it hasn't played this big role because of the environment she's been in. And so I guess that's a, just a, a long way of me saying yes and no with you because I think it's it really all depends. And, you know, I think any identity that we that feels important to us, I think we can leverage towards more empathy, more compassion, more, right? It might be your sexuality, might be your racial gender identity, your class, your ability, your religion, whatever, whatever it is that you have felt like you have had to fight to have the freedom for, 
I think that can be leveraged to understanding why someone else would have to do that for their identity. Something that's like, as you're saying that, labeling things is really powerful. So saying something out loud, affirmation, those things are really powerful. Hearing yourself say them out loud, owning those things. And so I, f- I feel as though labeling a part of yourself that, f- that you feel like needs more power in a moment, if that makes sense, that idea of if it feels like it's been something that's been shamed or repressed that you need to own a little bit more, you can give it power by labeling it. And you personally lab- labeling it because we can label others and that can be a problem. If I were to be like, Nicole, you're this, mm-hmm. like that has power. I'm, I'm exerting power over you. Mm-hmm. But for you to label it yourself and for you to own it yourself, you're giving yourself that power. You're empowering yourself to, to, to highlight, to give power to those parts of yourself that you want to. So I don't know that. That came up for me. <laughs> yeah, I like it. I think it is it is a yes and no, and it's a balance of, I think, sexuality is, it can be as important to you as you want it to be in terms of how, obviously, how we treat people and how we view people. It's not important, I feel. Yeah. In terms of, well, yes and no, because then there can be people might be carrying traumas and things like that, and you want to be aware of that. But in terms of how I, I view this person's value, I view this person... How I give respect. Like, I give respect to not, this person. It doesn't matter. In, in those regards, like, sexuality is one of the least important things. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we're coming up on an hour mark. As we sort of are winding down the conversation, is there anything else that you want to bring up to bring to the forefront of the conversation maybe put like as a little cherry on top of pride and of as your, of your story good question I think I get the question a lot from my straight friends how do I be a good ally and I think you know there are some practical ways of education you know read some books watch <laughs> movies with queer people in them and normalize it for your kids whatever But at the same time, I think the best thing we could do for people in our lives is to truly embrace ourselves. I think what makes us so uncomfortable, I I literally, and I keep telling my wife, I'm like, I'm going to write a whole book. My whole next book is just going to be called Why Drag Queens Are the Most Important People in the World. Um, (laughs) And (laughs) I only have one chapter, so it's probably not going to be a book. But (laughs) I, we are like obsessed with RuPaul's Drag Race in our house. Yeah. But there is something so, here's the thing, when you see someone living in such expectation bending reality and freedom, it forces you to confront, if that's uncomfortable, like it forces you to to confront the ways in which you don't feel free. And so I think the best way to celebrate pride, whether you identify as queer or not, is to find every place in your life that doesn't feel free and expose it. Any place that feels confronted by other people's freedom, let that out. You will you will become the best version of yourself, the best ally, the best part, the best whatever you're trying to be when you are fully embodied in your own freedom. Right? When you are exposing all of those places. And I think the good thing about pride is we have a lot of people who are on the fringe, right? Who kind of push our comfort level And that allows us to then dig deep and say, like, well, what is that? Let me expose that so that I can live as free as that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Good little, good little cherry to end on. With that said, did you, did you read our email about the peachy clean segment? (gasps) I did. (laughs) (sighs) I've got a few, I've got a few things in my head. This, okay. 
I'll just go with this because it literally was two days ago and it is unrelated to pride. But I, for this is, <laughs> I've literally like always texted like four people about this. <laughs> um, <I'm> excited. <laughs> it's, it's, oh my gosh, it's so awful. And it all happened so fast. But like, you know, we weren't feeling great the morning we, we left from Mexico and we got <laughs> home. And then I was like feeling okay. And we were like watching TV and I thought like, oh, like I, you know, I've got a little bit of like gas. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I, I, as a 35 year old woman, fully poop my pants. Oh no. At my own house watching TV with my wife. Oh and no. Then <laughs> and then I was like, it was so shocking to me that I actually did it like for a second, I was like, that's not what happened. Like, that's not what happened. Like, and I was just like, got up and I was like, like, kind of like running in the bathroom. I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> and Sammy was like, what? I was like, no, 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 no. All like, like, the reality was like settling in of like, you just did this. Like, you fully did this. Like, my dog was like chasing me. It was, it was so bad. Um, my dog but, was chasing um, me. Yeah. <laughs> I, oh, oh, wow. I Beans, never thought that was going to be shared past my group text. You are not, <laughs> not alone. alone. You are not alone. Yeah. So, yeah. It happens to the best Thank of you. us. Thank you. Wow. <laughs> oh, does it? Okay. <laughs> uh, there's there's another podcast. Have you? I don't. Are you a Bachelor? Like, did you watch The Bachelor at all? I haven't. There's so a lot of the contestants that go on that uh-huh. show have podcasts, and one of them uh-huh. does a similar uh, segment on their podcast that is like Peachy Clean uh-huh. and. Literally ninety percent of them are about poop. pooping themselves. Pooping themselves. So <laughs> you are not alone. <laughs> okay. Because I literally was like, I said we have like two group texts with like our two closest group friends, and I was like, hey y'all, like I just like flew through my pants. <laughs> just so I feel like everyone needs to know. And because I asked Sammy, she was like, yeah, she was like, hey, it's not a big deal. I was like, have you ever? And she was like, no, but it's not a big deal. And so I'm like. Oh my best friends are like, oh my gosh, it's okay, beans. And I was like, yeah, but this happened to you. And they're like, no. <laughs> I was like, oh, what? <laughs> we, like, we should send you. Th- There's one episode where, like, literally, she reads through five people who have different versions of them shitting their pants <laughs> out outside of their homes. Had to drive home. Yeah, at least work. you were home. Yeah, you in your were own home. home. In the country, I fully you know? thought about that. Like, what if I was on the airplane? What if, <laughs> yeah, I uh, think that would happen to me. <laughs> that would happen to me. <laughs> there was one story on this other podcast where this girl was like, "I was, I was at my job um, at Baskin Robbins, no. and I was wearing my my khaki shorts." <laughs> And I leaned, I was like mopping the floor and I leaned down and I trusted it too and I shit my pants. <laughs> That's the problem. I literally like the whole day, I was like, I can't trust my body. I can't trust it. <laughs> I, we lost, like we broke trust today. We will be rebuilding we, it starting we tomorrow. Broke trust. <laughs> that was it. Uh, well, we are here for you yeah, during you. this re- time of rebuild. We appreciate Thank that you. you felt comfortable sharing. <laughs> yeah. You know. And now, now you're all peachy clean. There it is. There it, oh, that, it does feel good. It feels good. <laughs> uh, I love it. Uh, well, thank you, thank you, thank you 
Thank you. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us about your story, about pride, about your peachy clean. We feel so honored and grateful to have had you in the virtual peach pod. Do you want to roll through where people can find and connect and buy your book and everything? Uh, Yep. Okay. My name is Britt Barron with one T and two R's. Um, So I'm on Instagram at Britt Barron, website BrittBarron.com. My book, Worth It, you can get wherever books are sold. And really do encourage the listeners to check out the book. It was really such a fun listen slash read. (laughs) (laughs) Really? So I feel like you had so many moments in the book where you were like, I was doing this really mundane thing. And then I had this overwhelming epiphany or I had this (laughs) lesson. And I was just like, that's (laughs) just, that's awesome. Just like (laughs) finding growth, moments of growth and just these little moments in your life. Yeah. Just constantly. I'm someone where I like, Mm-hmm. A lot. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> so we when always... I like align with something that someone's saying, I'm like, mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> yeah, I do that a lot with Brene Brown. She doesn't know it, but I do. It. She and I, we exchange that all the time. <laughs> and you didn't know before this podcast, but you and I exchanged it all the time wow. <laughs> while I was listening to your book. <laughs> Lindsay, Lindsay was like listening to the book and probably cleaning or doing something, something. And then all of a sudden, mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Are y'all are y'all twins? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was like, because you said our dad, and then you said you were the same age. So yeah. I was like, wait. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're we're twins. I guess maybe that's gonna be something that we add we add to the deck. Something that's missing from the deck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, thank you so much for chatting with us. This has been a lovely conversation. Yeah. You're great. And we can't wait to see what you do next. Read your next book. See your next TED talk. All the good things. I also can't wait. All right, Peaches, that does it for this episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. Extra big thank you to Beans, Britt Barron, or I'm going to say Beans, a.k.a. Britt Barron, for coming on and chatting with us about about Pride, about her journey, and all of this good stuff. What an amazing episode. And we feel so lucky to have had her on the podcast. Definitely go out, check out her book, follow her on Instagram, do all of the good things. And while you're at it, give us some love at Let's Talk underscore Peaches on Instagram and TikTok. And subscribe to us on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on. If you're so inclined, go leave us a five-star written review on Apple Podcasts. That really helps get us out there, grow, boosts the podcast, all of the good things. But yeah, until next time, we will see you next Monday for a new episode of Let's Talk Peaches, the podcast. Bye, Bye, Peaches! Peaches. Yay! (laughs) Amazeballs.